from KMOX Sports. Young swings and lifts a high fly ball. Billikens win! Billikens win! This is Sports Open Live. It's a grand slam! Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice. Yes! KMOX. We have arrived to a Friday in front of one of the busiest Cardinals off-season weekends that there is. Really, it is the busiest off-season weekend in the Cardinals calendar each year. It is winter warm-up weekend. It is Cardinals caravan weekend. It is baseball writers dinner weekend. And uh, yeah, there's a lot going on and we got a lot of Cardinal stuff to get to here over the course of the next two hours. Welcome into the program. My name is Matt Pauley. As always, if you want to chime in on anything that we're talking about, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. Or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We are very Cardinals heavy as you you might expect here uh, during the program today. Derek Gould is going to join us in about 10 minutes. Benjamin Hockman is going to join us in about 35 minutes. And Rick Ankiel is going to join us in about an hour and 20 minutes. And we've got time for your phone calls uh, when we're not talking to them as well. If you've got any thoughts on what's going on with the Cardinals. Really two things. We didn't have a full show yesterday. We had slew women's basketball. So we had just a 45-minute program. Didn't really get into... Uh, the Matt Holiday, Joe McEwing news quite as much as I would have liked to. So we're going to revisit that today. Also, uh, we've been talking about it during uh, SportsCast today. Cardinals were able to avoid arbitration with seven of their nine arbitration-eligible players. So the players who have signed contracts and have agreed to terms for the upcoming season, pitchers Jack Flaherty, Jordan Hicks, Dakota Hudson, and Jordan Montgomery, infielder Tommy Edmond, catcher Andrew Kisner, and outfielder Tyler O'Neill, the two players that they are going to exchange salary arbitration figures with are Hennessy Cabrera and also Ryan Helsley. I know I, I, I say that, and there's I know there's people listening right now who have no clue what I just said. Like the words that came out of my mouth made no sense to them. Uh, if you're not super familiar with the way things work in baseball, when you have a player in your organization as they accrue major league service time before they get to a point of being eligible for free agency, they go through a few years of arbitration where if you don't agree to terms, uh, they go in front of a, of a, of a panel and the team will say how much they want to pay the player, and then the player will say how much he wants to get paid, and the arbitration panel chooses a winner and a loser where they choose one or the other. There's no room for, well, we'll split the difference or anything like that. They either side with the owners or they side with the players in each one of these uh, situations. So when we talk about players avoiding arbitration and then other players exchanging figures. That's what I'm talking about. That's how the arbitration process uh, works out in Major League Baseball. There was, when the last collective bargaining agreement was going on about a year ago, at one point in time, um, we were um, we, we were hearing that maybe tweaking the arbitration system is something that they would consider that never came to fruition. Never. And 
Uh, I would like it to change. I just I I talked about this with Kevin Wheeler during our five fifteen sports last hour. I hate the idea because the way an arbitration hearing works is you have the team there and you have the player there, and the player says puts presents a case of why they deserve to make the amount of money that they say that they should make, and then you have the team there basically saying why the player doesn't deserve to make that much money. And that's that's a little bit more of a kind of a dumbed down, simplified way of saying what happens. But I just I I can't imagine how uncomfortable it is as a player listening to your employer sitting there telling you why you don't deserve to make the amount of money that you think you deserve. Uh, it's just, it's, it's an incredibly uncomfortable thing. And if you could get rid of that in some form or fashion, even if it was something where you never actually went into a hearing where you presented your arguments on paper and they were never like released to the other side and the panel made their decisions based off that, even that I think would be a little bit better than the current system. But of everything they have to work through in baseball, that's probably low down on the list of things that they need to tweak. So as it sits right now, Hennessy Cabrera, Ryan Helsley, the two sides, they're going to uh, present their uh, figures and a decision will be made on which side's going to win. There is always the possibility that they agree to terms at some point between exchanging figures and when the arbitration hearing is actually scheduled, that does happen. A lot of teams, though, kind of are are in a spot where if you don't avoid arbitration by today, which was the deadline to get this done, to uh, whether or not you're, you're going to exchange figures, uh, if you don't get it done by today, then you just go. You, you follow through and you go to uh, arbitration, which is not a super, super comfortable thing to do, as we mentioned before. So, again, a lot of Cardinals baseball here uh, during this uh, two hours. If you want to join us, you can do so. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also uh, tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Up next, Derek Gould from the Post-Dispatch is going to uh, join us. We'll talk all things Cardinals with him as we continue on with Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on a Friday night. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to chime in, you can do so. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Huge Cardinals off-season weekend. Winter warm-up gets rolling tomorrow morning. That will go through Monday. Then... Uh, Cardinals caravans, those are already underway. Some caravans go Friday, Saturday. Others are going uh, Sunday, Monday. And then the baseball writer's dinner is going to be taking place on uh, Sunday night. By the way, based off the website, com, tickets are completely sold out for the writer's dinner. So that's great news as this event is back and it's one of the most uh, unique uh, sports and, and, and baseball things that, again, we do better than anybody else uh, in St. Louis. We are going to be uh, recording on that, by the way, the uh, writer's dinner, and we'll be putting together a special that we will air at a later time here on KMOX. So if you wanted to get tickets and you just waited and waited and waited and you were thinking, ah, I can get them last minute, and now you hear that they're sold out, well, 
at the very least, you can listen to it coming up uh, soon here on Cam Weck. Speaking of baseball writers, let's bring in Derek Gould. He is the lead baseball writer for the Post Dispatch and STL today as he gets ready for a very busy weekend of winter warm up and the baseball dinner, baseball writers dinner, I should say. Derek Gould joining us right now here on Sports Open Line. Derek, thanks for the time as always. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Winter warm-up this weekend. It's an opportunity to talk with people, see a lot of people. I'm sure some stories come out of it. Do you, do you enjoy these type of weekends where there's so many opportunities, or are you somebody that maybe more enjoys having to more pursue those stories, I guess you could say? It's an interesting question. I, I mean, I, I don't mind either of them. Um, you know, the, the, the tone of winter warm-up, um, it can be a bit frantic, so there's not a whole lot of time to maybe, like, engage in longer conversations or do much it's um you know it's more press conference oriented than it is information or i'm sorry it's more press conference oriented for information than say it is conversation where you would like pursue larger stories like spring training allows so i mean i see the benefit of both um it's just uh, it's a different kind of you know uh, one one allows you to kind of chase a story and winter warm-up is a whole lot of transcribing but uh, but you hope that uh, you know the good coverage comes from both both directions, both uh, avenues of uh, of access. You went out to California and spoke with Nolan Arnado at his uh, at his training facility called the Warehouse, and I thought it was a fantastic piece. Hopefully, everybody listening has has read it. Um, I don't want to take anything away from from that. I guess is there anything that maybe he said uh, that struck you that did not make it into your story? Um, you know. Not, I tried to put the best stuff in the story. Um, we talked a while, and, and there's some other things that he said that will fit in, other stories that are coming, maybe even some from the winter warm-up. Um, I kind of kept some stuff in my, in my pocket, you know, just kind of about, you know, his views of, say, the direction the offense is going. Um, you know, he spent some time talking about just what he um, has learned from watching Paul Goldschmidt, he called Paul Goldschmidt one of his best friends and, you know, just in the world. And they've obviously gotten closer as Cardinals, um, you know, and he, like he was really kind of, he, he was struck by the fact that Goldschmidt had a remarkable year at the age he had and won an MVP. And Nolan was like, that kind of shows you what's possible. Like there are still many, multiple years for him to go out there and be that kind of improving offensive player because Goldschmidt raised the bar a bit. You know, he got better as a player. And Nolan said, you know, that's, that, that was really revealing to him that you can, you can improve your game even into your 30s, into your late 30s, and you can go out there and chase an MVP. Um, I think one of the things that, like, really, you know, was in the story, and he spent some time kind of describing it, was how playing for the Cardinals – he feels has changed the view of him as a player, you know, finishing third in the MVP vote, a lot of the honors that he got, you know, he was always regarded as a great third baseman, a great all round third baseman. And, you know, has the gold gloves to prove where he ranks defensively. And, you know, I mean, there, there are folks who will argue that he's the best defensive third baseman um, and really could finish his career considered the best ever defensively at that position. Um, but his point was like, you know, you just get this sense that like by producing and doing it at Bush Stadium, which is not known to be a good hitter park, and and in the crucible of contending for a division 
like and doing it for a team that is going to always play games that are highly pressure packed. Um, you know, he said that 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 gives the industry a different view of him as a player, and he really welcomed that. Derek Gould continuing to join us here on Sports Open Line. We found out yesterday that Matt Holliday had resigned his position. The team is moving forward with Joe McEwing as the new bench coach. You got the chance to talk with Holliday. Was he? Did you get the sense he was lamenting the fact that it kind of went down that way, or was it just sort of a, a matter-of-fact type of decision for him? No, I mean, he, there was disappointment. You know, I, I texted with him, so I didn't get a tone of voice, um, you know, like you get when you talk with somebody, but um, but I mean, he expressed disappointment. I mean, you know, I've talked to him over the years about what he wants to do and how he wants to, you know, how coaching is. A, I mean, he just grew up around coaches. His dad is a coach. His brother's a coach. I mean, they they're they're really they got a really strong presence in college baseball when it comes to you know the holiday family and coaching. Um, you know, Matt want, feels that call. He feels that call back to the dugout to be a part of a major league team as a coach. Um, and it's just a matter of the timing and, you know, he didn't want to pass up an opportunity that he has seen launch other people towards being managers. I mean, think about like this run of bench coaches, mm-hmm. the Cardinals have had, you know, from David Bell now to Oliver Marmol um, or Skip Schumacher. Most recently, you know, the bench coach has become a manager and, you know, I mean, Matt saw that Matt understood that and saw, you know, the chance to kind of come here, get his footing and, and maybe be ready and maybe be, you know, approached and maybe be hired as a manager. And so, yeah, there's disappointment that like this, that, that, you know, the opportunity was there. He felt the timing was right. And then as the time got closer, the demands on his time, the thought of leaving, um, especially with his, his second oldest son, um, you know, really rising in the ranks of a prospect. His his oldest son was just drafted first overall. You know, and his, and his next son Ethan is going to be a high draft pick possibly too. You know, he, he wanted wants to be there with them. Um, so it's not only answering the call of being a coach for them, but it's uh, answering the call of being their father. And you know, when that came into view, that kind of made the decision for him. Joe McEwing is somebody who has interviewed for major league managerial jobs before. Maybe he does become that next guy out of that bench coach position. Yeah. I don't know about you. I I almost feel like the the card this may benefit the Cardinals just in the sense that you do have such a young coaching staff. It felt like maybe there was a void in the dugout in terms of experience, and and McEwing seems to check those boxes. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, you do have Willie McGee and Sonny Clapp and Pop Warner and Turner Ward. I mean, you got guys who have been in various roles in the majors for a while now. Um, several of them have been with three different managers now. Um, and a few of them trace back to Tony La Russa even, or at least being in the organization with Tony La Russa. Um, but I understand exactly where you're coming from. I mean, they, they've hired, the Cardinals have now hired a guy as a bench coach who they once interviewed to be their manager and have kept in touch with and, you know, obviously have a relationship with. He's got a connection to the Cardinals team. You know, he most recently was working there with Tony La Russa. So there's a lot of ties there. And, you know, but there's also been a long fondness. And that's why they were able to kind of pivot so quickly. He, he was still available. That's the biggest part of it. He, he was still out there as a 
free agent. Do we call them that if they're coaches? But he, <laughs> he wasn't tethered to a team. Um, and so when this happened, they were able to move fast. Um, but they had a built-in relationship. They had already at least explored if he might be their bench coach. You know, uh, he was a short list of guys that while well, Holiday got the job, just because there's such clear fondness and there's a strong relationship between Marmol and Holiday, um, with with they were they were at least prepared and ready to move to on McEwing if, if Holiday didn't work out, and that's why it could happen so fast. He is Derek Gould. You, of course, read him uh, in the Post-Dispatch at STL Today. He is the lead Cardinals writer for uh, for the publication. Derek, uh, enjoy all the transcription, I guess, this weekend at, uh, at Winter's Warm-Up. Winter Warm-Up, and we'll see you soon. So much timing. It's it's warm up for the riders, right? It gets our uh, it gets our typing speed ready for spring training. This is the calisthenics that we need to uh, really get the nimble fingers to type faster in uh, in Jupiter. There you go. I like it. Thank you so much. Yep. Have a great day. Derek Gould for the Post-Dispatch and STL Today joining us here on the program. We're going to be doing double Post-Dispatch interviews this hour. Benjamin Hockman is going to be joining us in just a little while. We'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll continue to get into uh, some of the off-season going-ons for the Cardinals specifically. Uh, what we should take away from any of the arbitration numbers that we saw today. There's not a whole lot there, but we'll get into it. That's next. This is Sports Open Line here on KMOX. This is Sports Open Live on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Sports Open Line rolling on here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. As always, if you want to chime in, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. You can also tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. So we mentioned at the top of the show the players who have avoided arbitration with the Cardinals. Again, that list, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Hicks, Dakota Hudson, Jordan Montgomery, Tommy Edmond, Andrew Kisner, and Tyler O'Neill. The Cardinals did not release terms of those contracts, but Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch, we just had a few moments ago, he has uh, in his story about it, uh, according to his sources, he has some of the numbers. Jack Flaherty's one-year deal. $5.4 $5.4 million. Jordan Montgomery's one-year deal is for $10 million. Uh, the Tommy Edmond deal is worth $4.2 million. Andrew Kisner signed a one-year $1.1 million deal. Tyler O'Neill's deal was worth uh, just under $5 million. Dakota Hudson gets $2.65 million. Jordan Hicks gets a one-year $1.8 million contract. So this takes us back to something that was said earlier this offseason by John Mozeliak. He made reference to the fact that payroll was going to go up this year. Now, payroll was always going to go up because of the numbers that I just gave you. When you've got players who are arbitration eligible, generally, almost all of the time, they're getting raises. And then there are other players who had contracts where just they were going to get paid more this year as the contract moved along. So payroll was always going to go up without a doubt. They spent legitimate money to go sign Wilson Contreras. And they're a better team. Yeah, Kevin, I think it was Kevin Wheeler said this today during uh, Dave Glover, and I agree with him 100%. They are a better team already going into next year than they were this past season. 
And they were pretty darn good this past year. They're a team that went out, won a bunch of games, won the division without a problem. That's why we keep talking about how they stack up with the top-tier teams in the National League. Because while I do think the Cardinals are a better team next year, and while they are spending more money for next year, Philadelphia Phillies, who represented the National League in the World Series, they got better. The New York Mets got better. The San Diego Padres got better. The Dodgers might not have gotten better. The Dodgers might be a team that takes a half step back, but even them taking a half step back, they're still really, really good. The Atlanta Braves have so many young, controllable players that they've been able to lock in to long-term deals. They're going to get better just because these young stars are getting better on an every-year basis. So the question is with, with the Cardinals is how much better are they going to be and are they able to go compete with those teams specifically that I just mentioned. And I don't mean to just repeat the same things over and over and over again, but this isn't going to change, and it's not going to be the last time you hear me say it. How good the Cardinals are is largely dependent upon the players who do not have track records taking steps forward. That outfield group, whoever ends up in the outfield, whether Jordan Walker makes the team or not, whether it's Tyler O'Neill or Lars Newtbar or Dylan Carlson or Juan Yepa, whoever, whoever it might be, they need to have a group out there where guys are taking steps forward, where Lars Newtbar is able to continue what he started really in the second half of the season, where Tyler O'Neill is able to find what he had a couple seasons ago and stay healthy all at the same time, where Dylan Carlson can be the guy that the Cardinals thought he was going to be when they were reportedly reluctant to put him in some deals last year at the trade deadline. And again, that that narrative I don't think is as concrete as it was made out to be at the trade deadline last year, but it's still pretty clear that the Cardinals think very highly of a Dylan Carlson. The Cardinals spent more money. They Their payroll is going up, but it was almost going to go up no matter what because of arbitration-eligible players and because of players with money in their contracts that's going up. And then, obviously, they signed Wilson Contreras. I still think there is, there's money sitting there where when they get into the season and they start answering some of those questions that are out there, all those guys that I just mentioned, kind of evaluating which one of those players are going to take that step forward and which ones do not, as they start to answer those questions, they're going to have a better idea of what the needs for this roster will be. The one the one thing they have going for them, the teams in the East and West don't, if you're, if you're the Phillies and you would have taken kind of the same approach the Cardinals are taking, sort of the wait and see, well, between the Mets and the Braves, you might have waited too long and you might not have the opportunity to catch up. When you're the Cardinals, you're in the NL Central. And the group right now looks like it's easily the the best team in the NL Central 
far and away better than whoever the second best team in the division is, whether it's the Chicago Cubs or the Milwaukee Brewers. All right, when we come back, we're going to be joined by uh, Benjamin Hockman, writes for the Post-Dispatch and STL Today. Uh, he's got a uh, presentation he's going to be doing at the Winter Warm-Up this weekend, and uh, let him uh, preview that for you, and we'll talk uh, all things Cardinals baseball with him as well. It is our pre-winter warm-up edition of Sports Open Line. We continue on in just a moment right here on KMOX. It's America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Sports up a line rolling on here on KMOX. Winter warm-up beginning tomorrow. Ballpark Village and Bush Stadium, a new venue this year. They're using uh, Ballpark Village and Bush Stadium. They've got a lot more real estate there, able to use a lot of different areas. We are going to be broadcasting live during the duration of uh, winter warm-up from our broadcast spot in Cardinals Nation Restaurant. I'll be on tomorrow from 10 to 2.45, and then uh, Tom Ackerman will be on Sunday morning. I think Joe Potts got some time Sunday afternoon, and uh, also we will have uh, the show out there on Monday. So a lot going on. Speaking of the things that are going on, Benjamin Hockman of the Post-Dispatch and STL Today, he's going to be giving a presentation tomorrow afternoon, and with that we welcome him on to the program. Hey Benjamin, how are you? I'm good. Always happy to be on Camelwax. How are you, Matt? I am uh, very good. This looks uh, pretty cool. Tomorrow, three o'clock inside uh, the uh, Shark Bar, you're going to be uh, doing a presentation. Can you tell folks what to expect from that? Yeah, definitely. If you're at winter warm up, come by the Shark Bar at three o'clock. I'm giving a talk about the 2011 St. Louis Cardinals. I wrote a book about the team called 11 and 11, and I interviewed 50 or 60 people from players to fans to execs, and I got so many stories, uh, many that I had never heard before. Uh, So I wanted to share them with all the fans, so I wrote a book about it. And uh, if you haven't read the book, come by, and I'll just tell you the stories with my mouth. That sounds easy enough. Is there anything, uh, were there stories that did not make the cut for the book? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I. They're giving me one hour. I could do one year in one hour. Yeah, if, if they gave me a microphone. There's just so many fun aspects to the 2011 Cardinals, and you know, people talk about uh, David Freeze, and people talk about Albert Pujols, and for instance, like I can tell you about the uh, the magical fruit snacks that actually led the Cardinals to their championship. I don't know if you know about that. I don't. So yeah, I. Well, Go ahead. Let me tell you. I'll tell you, my friend. The uh, the Cardinals were in Philadelphia. They're losing in the NLDS. Wainwright's hurt. McClellan's hurt. They're hanging out in the clubhouse. And uh, Wainwright turns to McClellan and says, here, eat these. And he throws him a bag of Welch's fruit snacks. McClellan is like, why? He's like, we eat runs. Eat the fruit snacks. You know, Wainwright's <laughs> a goofball. And uh, he opens the fruit snacks. And as the story goes, the fruit snack hits McClellan's esophagus and a cardinal hits a double and if you will the cardinals came back in that game so of course it was because of the magical fruit snacks so those two jokers ate dozens and dozens of bags of fruit snacks throughout october all the way to the world series parade that's that's a solid story and there's going to be a lot of that coming up tomorrow is there a is there a st louis sports moment maybe in the modern era uh, that you think about the David, you know, just David Freeze's game is that everybody knows where they were when they were watching that game, and I don't know if there's a more like St. Louis thing of knowing exactly where you were when that game was taking place. Oh, that that question is the new. Where did you go to high school? Yeah, you know where were you for the David Freeze home run? And uh, whether it's on your couch alone or in the stadium or what have you, everybody's got a story that involves emotion. 
I um I was in Colorado and I maybe drank a couple too many pops and uh there was uh there was maybe a tear or two that came out of my uh, out of my eye when uh when when that all went down. I can admit that. Oh, in all honesty, I turned on the YouTube today. Have you ever seen that YouTube called Some Nights They Win the World Series? I was they just watching it during the commercial break. It's on your uh, it's on oh. your Twitter, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that thing brings tears to my eyes. It's fans who videotape themselves watching the entire Game 6 and Game 7, uh, notably Game 6, and they, they put their own reactions on the Internet, and somebody put them all together in one music video. I was thinking of, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last few days because I grew up here, but then I went away for like 20 years and got back. And you're a St. Louis guy that left and came back. And I was, I started thinking about this when Derek Gould's uh, Nolan Arenado story came out because I thought how lucky Cardinals fans are that a newspaper would send a beat writer halfway across the country in the middle of the offseason <laughs> to talk to somebody. That doesn't happen at the vast majority of newspapers in the country. And then we've got three days of winter warm-up. And I came from Milwaukee where it was one day of Brewers on deck, and that event has not come back uh, since COVID. And, oh, yeah, by the way, this weekend, while winter warm-up is going on, there's six different Cardinals caravans that are going all over the Midwest and the baseball writers dinner is going to be coming up which is one of the most unique things like i i hope people realize like the special baseball related things that happen here that really don't happen anywhere else yeah that's really well said and and the fact is it's been going on for decades with winter warm up and it kind of kicks off the the year the season if you will and and kids that went when they were 9 are now 29 if you will and take, taking their own kids to winter warm up what kind of impact do you think it has on some of these players who, uh, like a Wilson Contreras, he's played a lot of games in St. Louis, and, and you know the reputation, but here he's going to be walking in on you know January 14th and going to see all these people. Uh, it's just it's a very unique thing, and maybe I'm being too romantic here, but it feels like it's something that would impact players. Oh, no question. I mean, the, real, the reality is everyone in their head, if you're a player, has a, has a set idea of like, all right, I got to do a fan thing. You know, I got to do a fan thing. And whether it's a player on the Detroit Tigers or the San Diego Padres or St. Louis Cardinals, but I swear the, the Cardinal fan thing just seems to be bigger, grander, and, and everybody you talk, every player you talk to seems to ha- be personally touched by the fans, by the experience. And All right, maybe the, the Detroit Tiger player was also touched by his experience. I don't know, but there's, there really is something special. And really just ask the players. Benjamin Hockman of the Post-Dispatch and STL Today continuing to join us. Let's talk about the team. They make the one pretty big move in the offseason in, in bringing in Wilson Contreras. They're going to stand pat for now, it would seem, just based off comments that John Mozeliak has made. You compare them to the National League Central, they're fine. You compare them to the, the Phillies and the Braves and the Mets and the Padres and the Dodgers, at least to me, it still feels like maybe they're a half step behind those teams. What What's the next thing for the Cardinals to do, whether it happens uh, in season or, or at some point before the year? What would you like to see this club do? Well, I, I wish. I mean, it's funny. We spent the last five minutes being all optimistic and <laughs> talking about history and all that. And now comes the reality, and, and I, I've written this in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I'm, I'm pretty down. Uh, I think they could have and should have done more. I think they should have paid uh, for one of those shortstops on the market, notably Trey Turner. Uh, they didn't get him. You know who got him? The team that already won the National League last year and already has Bryce Harper and so many other star players. Now they add Trey Turner. Of course, the Cardinals needed to get a catcher, and they got the best catcher out there in Contreras. That's great. It's a great move, but – 
Uh, I'm, I'm heading into this season, uh, you know, excited, like not excited that they can win the World Series. I'm excited they can probably win the National League Central, but it's going to be a here we go again. We're going to enter October, and there'll be these hopes, and like, oh, if this pitcher comes through and this hitter comes through, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, why not stack the deck? Why not pay ex- pay extra for, for another slugger and and, and make it so it's your, your team is, is, is unbelievable, if you will. Look at the Astros. Look at the Dodgers in recent years. These teams are winning pennants after pennants. How much pressure is there on Mosellock that if, if – finding another top line starter or if things don't if if you don't see steps forward from Carlson and Newt Bar and Gorman and if O'Neal can't recreate uh what he did a couple of years ago and if Jordan Walker isn't quite ready finding that bat to do that in season where it looks like they're more competitive with those teams that I just mentioned how much pressure is there for that to happen during the season so i mean you you would hope that there would be the same amount of pressure there has been and was last year when he, when he made the moves for two star, starting pitchers, and you could argue both of them were the top two starting pitchers or top two of three heading into the postseason last year for the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, he's he's made some great moves at the deadline, but he hasn't made he hasn't made an overwhelming move with a with a big, big name, if you will. But I mean, it worked with those pitchers last year, and, and I, heck, may I even say it, it worked with the Lester, and it it worked with with those guys half yeah. two years ago. But the reality is, okay, win the World Series. It's been since 2011. I know it's hard, and every time I talk about this, I always bring up the Yankees, who pay a zillion dollars for every player, and they haven't won the World Series since 2009. I know even good teams don't win the World Series all the time. But change the calculus. Do something because the St. Louis Cardinals haven't even won a game, not even won one game in the National League Championship Series since 2014. He's Benjamin Hockman. You can see him tomorrow at uh, the Shark Bar. It's all part of Winter Warm-Up. 3 o'clock, going to be giving a uh, presentation on the 2011 World Series winning St. Louis Cardinals. Benjamin, thank you so much for the time, and uh, hopefully we uh, cross paths during the uh, Winter Warm-Up over the next few days. Yeah, I'll see you this weekend. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Very good. There's Benjamin Hockman, Post-Dispatch, STL Today. Follow him on Twitter, at Hockman. And I didn't even mention the Baseball Writers Dinner with him, but that's going to be uh, going on. They have uh, they have sold out, based off the uh, the website, they have sold out of tickets for the Baseball Writers Dinner, which is absolutely awesome. We have been trying our best to uh, promote what's going to be uh, going on, and there was just a handful of tickets left. On Countdown to Opening Day this week, we spoke with uh, John Denton, and he said there were just a few tickets left and now there doesn't appear to be any tickets left so that is good news all right one hour down not good news if you wanted to go and you didn't get tickets but good news overall one hour down one more to go stick with us a lot more to get to we'll continue to talk cardinals we'll get into the blues a little bit and uh, college basketball as well it's all coming up here in the final hour might even touch on the nfl playoffs if we have time my name is matt Pauley. this is sports open line on a friday night right here on America's Sports Voice, KMOX.